Good afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. I know what you're thinking. I can hear it right now. I can feel your, your mental capacity over the airwaves, and I know you're thinking, Dean, for the love of Pete, don't take us back to Oregon. Please don't take us back to Oregon. I know that's what you're thinking, but my friends, we have to go back to Oregon. We just do. I mean, one more, one more visit, one more, one more bypass to Oregon. Now, uh, the article I was reading yesterday uh, actually is from last spring. I didn't catch that date. Uh, it's from it's the tail end of the last school year. Uh, you know, so it's. Um, I, I just want to be upfront there in terms of the, of the timing. Uh, I, I mean, the events happened. Uh, but I just want to be, I want to be clear on the date. And uh, it, the, I left off yesterday with one of the parents in the article. His last name is McCall. He was calling for a recall of the board. Uh, I have since checked the, the school board uh, in Eugene, and it doesn't appear that that a recall happened. It looks like all the members are still there. Um, I could be wrong, but my, my my research looks like they're still there. So those of you that live in Eugene, Oregon, um, you might want to check into your into your school board and make sure that they are providing the curriculum that you want them to provide your kids. There is. Uh, the, the article continues uh, and talks about another mom, Beth Ball. And, and I want to read this to you because this is important. This the, There's a piece in here that I think all of us need to consider, we need to be aware of. And it's something that that we're going to have to think through, especially those of us who grew up in the same community and we went to the public school and it was great while we were there, or so we thought. It might not still be as great as we once thought it was. Uh, it talks about Beth Ball, who is a uh, an alumni of this high school. She met her husband there at Churchill High School. Uh, uh, they attended in the 90s. And she intentionally enrolled her child uh, in the school district following her positive educational experience. And this is um, this is 4J, so I, I think this must be the junior high school. Uh, her, her issues began when her child entered sixth grade at the Arts and Technology Academy in Eugene. At home, Ball noticed a form that she said, she could opt her child out of health class if she disagreed with the contents of the syllabus or curriculum. However, after correspondence with the teacher, Ball was told the syllabus and curriculum had not yet been created and waited at the school for two days to get a meeting with the principal. Wait, she waited at the school? for Did she, did she camp out? All right, probably not. Uh, the principal informed her they could not access the syllabus and curriculum, but her child needed to be enrolled in health class to graduate. All right, so this is sixth grade. Her child is in the sixth grade that it sounds like it's the same sixth grade that she attended. Um, 
it, it sounds like she went uh, to this, you know, the same school district as a little one, and she had a great experience. And so now she's enrolled her daughter. And um, she gets this form that she can opt her child out of health class if she disagrees with the content in the syllabus or the content of the syllabus or, or the curriculum. She goes to school to view it. She waits around for the principal. And this, you know, she's waiting two days to have a meeting. Finally, she gets this meeting and the principal says, we cannot access the syllabus and curriculum but her child needed to be enrolled in health class nonetheless in order to graduate, I guess, from the sixth grade. Given the lack of information, Ball instructed her child to wait in the office daily during health class. All right, number one, that is excellent instruction. You haven't seen the curriculum. You've been told that you could opt out if you view the curriculum. You've you know, you, you've you've gone to the school. The curriculum has not been made available to you. So yes, you keep your daughter out of that class. Uh, so her child uh, essentially received a no pass in the class, but because of the COVID nineteen school closures, the no pass became a non issue. All right. So apparently, this is uh, during the spring of twenty twenty, and schools closed down. Everyone goes home, so it's a it's a non-starter. Once her child entered the ninth grade at Churchill, which this is the school, Churchill, where um, yesterday's events took place, or at least the stuff that I read to you yesterday, you know, the uh, or the this instructor, you know, had his kids, the kids in the class, their assignment was to write out their sexual fantasies. And then I guess they had a spinning wheel and wherever, whatever sexual act it landed on, the kids had to write out who they wanted to do that act with. Okay. This is happening at Churchill High School. All right. So once her child entered the ninth grade at Churchill, the same school ball attended. He was assigned a novel. Wait, now it's a he. Okay, wait. I thought it was a she. Um, all right. Maybe the she's up here refer to ball herself. All right. So it looks like the it's... That's a he. Okay, I take that back. We're talking about a son then. So he was assigned a novel called, quote, I'll Give You the Sun. Now, mind you, this is the exact same high school that she went to, and she loved it. It was a great high school. She had a great experience. But things are different now. The high school that you went to, the chances are great it's not the same high school you went to. Uh, the matter of fact, the chances are fantastic that it has been completely rearranged in the form and image of a Marxist, most likely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh -huh. I know, I know. It's it's tough. It's tough to admit, but you're going to want to check it out. You are going to want to start asking some some tough questions to the administration in that school. All right, so her son is given a novel. It's called I'll Give You the Sun. The first five pages of the book talks about how the main character is getting beat up and he's turned on by it. Ball said, quote, in, in the book, the character after getting, you know, while getting beat up gets a boner. Okay, so he's excited by it. For me, she says, that's completely unacceptable because it's saying that if you're getting abused or picked on, it's normal. And in fact, you should like it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's true. You know, but it also is, you know, dealing with some other uh, deviant sexual, um, uh, you know, sexual products out there. If you know what I'm saying. A review of the book by Fox News found the scene described by Ball and takes place early in the book when the main character wrestles with another student. After contacting the school to ask why the book was placed in the curriculum, Ball was simply told that it, quote, got great reviews and spurred conversation on complex topics. Ah, really? So that's why you're, uh, as a public high school, that's why you're going to put this book in? Number one, it got great reviews. And number two, it, it creates conversation on complex topics. All right, why don't you dive into some great books? Why don't you dive into, into some great books that are going to teach your kids about character, that are going to teach your kids how to grow up and be a man or a woman of character, how to grow up and be a man or woman uh, with other attributes, such as patience, perseverance, um, you know, kindness. Uh, I don't know. Pick a pick a quality character trait that you would like your kids to emulate, and then give them a great book that will that will teach them how to become that thing. Ah, uh, well. Mm. She then pulled her child out of Churchill and began homeschooling. Yes, that was the right answer, Mrs. Ball. That was the correct answer. If if you are a friend of Mrs. Ball, you need to congratulate her. You need to find her, congratulate her, and you know shake her hand and tell her a job well done, and then support her in whatever way you can in her homeschooling endeavors. Uh, Ball continued, quote, and then this sexual essay hit, and I wasn't surprised in the least. So she already had her son out of there. She already had her son out of the school, you know. So when the sexual essay hits the fan, she's like, yeah, mm -hmm. I saw it coming. Following the backlash, school principal Missy Cole said, the district has begun the process of reviewing and selecting a new health curriculum to replace the OWL, the O-W-L content that will be completed by the end of the school year. So, you know, the OWL, this it's an acronym. It stands for something, to, you know, sometimes some type of something or other that um, that produces this curriculum. According to the, oh, this is rich. Okay. Are you ready for this? According to the board, the changes to the curriculum were not related to complaints from parents and had already been on the docket for the 2023 school year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. You know what? I don't know. I, I don't buy that. Yeah. This school board uh, has already, already had on the docket that they were going to change this curriculum. No, they no, that's not true. I don't buy that one bit. They love this curriculum. They want it in the schools. Yep. Uh-huh. Don't buy it. During a March 16th school board meeting, citing, quote, failures in our practices, Eugene School District Superintendent Andy Day said they had identified, quote, shortcomings, end quote, in their curriculum and recommended that the sexual fantasies lesson not be administered again. Oh, we have identified shortcomings 
And we're recommending that, you know, that we don't have any lessons about sexual fantasies anymore. You know what? You didn't identify shortcomings. You got found out. The parents discovered what was happening. The parents, Mr. Day, the parents identified your shortcomings. That's exactly what happened. The parents in Eugene, Oregon, identified your shortcomings, and they demanded some change. And I don't buy this at the school board said, ah, we're, we, we were going to change anyway. It was on the docket to be changed in the fall of 2023. We did not change it because of complaints. They also said the rumors of, quote, spinning wheels with salacious acts had not been substantiated. All right. Well, except, you know, kids were coming home and talking about it to their parents. We can't believe the kids. How dare you believe the kids over the teacher who's trying desperately to save his job in, in this moment. Uh, he also said that the sexual fantasies assignment was given out due to, quote, inadequate oversight. <laughs> oh, man, really? To say the least, yes, of course there was inadequate oversight. But don't you want to hire people that uh, are able to self-govern? Don't, as as administration, don't you want to hire teachers that govern themselves accordingly? Don't you want to hire teachers that that have the common sense and realize that um, an assignment that would ask a minor to write an essay about their sexual fantasies is a thousand percent inappropriate? Don't you want a teacher who who understands that? Okay, there doesn't need to be oversight in this area, inadequate oversight. Don't blame it on inadequate oversight. Blame it on inadequate character. Come on, call it what it is. This assignment wasn't given out due to inadequate oversight. It was given out because the teacher that gave it is not a person of character. That's why the assignment was given out. Call the spade the spade. Don't cop out, you know, don't try to blame it on inadequate oversight. It's very generalistic, it, you know, that the, the blame just kind of disappears into the ether. No, blame the teacher that, that gave the assignment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or if it was actually part of the curriculum, blame the curriculum committee for missing it. I shouldn't say or I should say and and blame the curriculum committee. You know, but certainly if you know this teacher sees that this is an assignment in his lesson plans, he should have number one, the character, number two, the common sense to say, there is no way. There's no way I'm giving this assignment. Inadequate oversight. And he also said future lessons will follow the curriculum verbatim and refrain from using supplemental materials, as was done in this case. All right, so there it was. It was supplemental. You know, this teacher just decided, hey, I'm doing this. Pervert. Absolute pervert. In a statement to the New York Post, OWL Program Manager, so OWL, again, this is an acronym. This is the company that obviously put the curriculum together. Program Manager Melanie Davis said the district was following a quote, unauthorized and out of context facilitated group activity, currently out of print. Huh. Okay. Uh, emails provided to Fox News Digital showed that 
McCornack Elementary asked McCall to sign paperwork agreeing to only correspond with the school over email. Okay, this was the dad that originally, you know, blew this thing up. All right, so um, I guess ultimately my point is this, that, and this is why I wanted to finish reading this article, because you have a mom there who sees the red flag, uh, you know, understands there was a form. She paid attention to the form. The form said you can opt out if you want. She goes to the school. And she says, I want to see the curriculum. Uh, and whoever says, you got to talk to the principal two days, you know, she shows up, shows up. Finally, when she gets a meeting with the principal, the principal says, ah, we can't access the, the curriculum and the syllabus. I'm sorry, but your child needs to be in the class in order to graduate. She's like, uh-uh, nope, my, you know, my child will, uh, will or, or he, I think it's a he, he will come to the office and he'll sit in an office. And then you know, by the time the child's in the ninth grade, this book comes home and the, it looks like at the beginning of the school year. And this is what she finds in the first five pages, you know, you know, some yeah, yeah, just wrong stuff. And then that's the last straw for her. And she pulls this to her child in homeschools. That, that's the right response, parents. When we see this stuff, have the courage and and surround yourself with people that are like-minded and also have the courage to exit the public school system. If that system is is failing you and taking your child down a path of destruction, you must exit. You, you, there's just no other way around it. You absolutely have got to exit. Uh, her name is, is Mrs. Ball, and she did the right thing. Uh, Beth Ball. Congratulations, Beth Ball. All right, we'll pick up more on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. 
We are happy to have you on board. You can find us here at americaoutloud.news, Monday through Friday, the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. You can listen to us on iHeartRadio. You can download the uh, America Out Loud app. It's an excellent app. You can listen to us live on the app. Or you can find us in podcast form, wherever you listen to your podcasts, usually within 24 hours. Uh, today's show goes to podcast. So uh, thank you for listening. We're happy to have you on board. Uh, we were, I guess we've been, you know, spending a lot of time in Oregon and, you know, how can you not? It's just, it's like watching a train wreck. You just can't look away. You see, you see what's unfolding in Oregon. You see this state board of education that just says, you know, we don't really, we don't feel like the that there's uh, requirements in, in, in math and reading and writing, uh, these proficiency requirements. We don't really need them for, for graduates. Let's just, you know, let's call it good. But, but however, we're going to teach them about porn. We, we, we have to make sure they know about porn. And, you know, you have this school district that says, even though there was lessons about porn, you, you know, we're not promoting pornography. Um, you know, the lesson about pornography, yes, because we want to show the kids that it's out there, but we're not, we're not promoting pornography. And it's the same thing as saying, well, we're going to teach you about math, but we're not promoting that you actually do math. We're just going to teach you about it. You see the logic here? The logic of the left is illogical. You want to know why? Because it's based on lies. The logic of the left has a foundation of shifting sand, because that's what a lie is. It's just shifting sand. There, there's nothing concrete about it. And the, the the left doctrine is built on lies. So we have situations here, and I've I've said this quite 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 often that we have Marxists that have overrun. Many, many school districts in this country. Oh, Dean, that's not true. We don't have Marxists, you know, teaching our kids. Well, you might, let me say it this way, and, and I've said this a lot. There are good teachers in the public schools. I know them. I know many of them. They're good people. But there are Marxists, I promise you, there are Marxists that are controlling curriculum. There are Marxists that are controlling teachers' unions. There are Marxists that sit on school boards. Uh, you know, we heard the clip the other day. This this board chair from the State Board of Education in Oregon, she, uh, if she isn't a Marxist, I don't know who she, who, who is. I mean, she, she's saying that, um, you know, that these standards, these proficiency requirements, are racist. And parents who complain about it, their their argument is discredited because they're they're bigots. Myopic. Their point of view is myopic. They don't see the big picture and plus they're bigots. So there's that. There is this, this Marxist uh, ideology that you're where they they're not going to defend the argument. They're not going to debate the claim. They're just going to call you a bigot. They're, they're not going to debate why they are removing proficiency standards. 
but when parents will call to complain, they're just going to call those parents, you know, bigots, racists, you know, myopic. They're, you know, there's no actual debate on the merits. Well, because they know they don't have a foundation to stand on. They know their foundation is made of shifting sand. And if you if you know going into it that your foundation is made of shifting sand, you're not going to debate about that foundation. You're just going to, you know, call the other side a bigot. How dare you say that my foundation's made of sand? You're a bigot. You're a racist. You're probably homophobic. And I bet you're a white male. I mean, that's... That's that's pretty much what it what it boils down to. And I I've been saying this for weeks. This is what many of our our school districts are made of. So yesterday I wanted to get into some clips. Uh, Epic Times did an interview with Chi Van Fleet. She grew up in uh, in China when Mao took over. So she saw the uh, the cultural revolution, the communist takeover of China firsthand. And her testimony to that in comparison to what is unfolding in, in America right now is eye-opening. It's enlightening. So there's a couple of clips I want to play for you. Let's uh, let's listen to the to the the first clip. In this first clip, she's talking about ways that communism is presented to to make it just sound so good, so innocent, so so lovable, so oh, that really is wow, that communism that that's what communism is. I mean, that doesn't sound too bad. That um, that actually sounds kind of good. And her her perspective, though, is just it's fantastic. So let's. Uh, Let's take a listen to clip clip one here. So, you know, she says it was Mao's desire to control education that right from the get go. That's what he wanted to do. We and and he did. He had complete control over education. Uh, he and the party, the CCP, decided what to teach. They decided what they were going to teach the kids. And we know this is one of the um, one of the goals of of communism in taking over America. One of their goals was to get control of the education system. We've talked about this. We've we've cataloged it. We know that it's it's one of the forty five stated goals. It might be. I think it's goal seventeen, if I remember correctly. Maybe it's fifteen. I mean, it's early on. Let's get a hold of the education system. Let's get a hold of the textbooks. Let's start. Uh, making sure we have our propaganda, the communists have their propaganda in these textbooks. Let's get a hold of the teachers' unions. Let's control education. That's what Mao did in China. Completely controlled education. She is saying that here in America, we don't know the history of communism. We, we don't know the history of what happened when Mao took over China. I mean, she was there. She watched it unfold. She is a firsthand eyewitness. We don't know that. It's not taught to our kids. Our kids know nothing about the Cultural Revolution in China. If they hear the phrase Cultural Revolution, they just think, oh, man, that was probably a good thing. You know, they probably you know, finally got out of the Stone Ages in, in China. You know, they probably left the rice paddies and, and started, you know, 
started using technology. And then that's not the case. Millions of people died under, under Mao. Millions. But we don't know that history. She she says, you know, things like inclusive. You know, we want to be inclusive. All these words sound good. You want to be empathetic. You want to love. You, you want to be accepting. These were all the words that Mao used. And these are the words that, that we're hearing now. You have to be inclusive and tolerant of everybody. Now, unless they're Christian. Now, you don't include them. And you don't be tolerant of them. You don't be empathetic. You don't accept them. You certainly don't love them. No, but everybody else, you just, you have to be inclusive. You, you, you have to care. You have to just wrap your arms around them. And, and then she says, you know, she ends up by saying, we don't understand that it's evil. Dean, are you saying that love is evil and acceptance is evil? And Well, no, those words in and of themselves are absolutely not evil. But the, the end result that the communists are going for is evil. It's absolutely evil. They don't want to include everybody. You know, their inclusivity is only if you're doing what they tell you to do. It's only if you're doing what they want you to do. I mean, then then it's great. But if you're not being inclusive to things that they want you to be, if you're not accepting things they want you to accept, if you're not loving or being empathetic towards the things they want you to love and be empathetic towards, then forget it. Uh, you, you, you're going to be swinging from a noose, or you're going to go to a, a re reindoctrination camp because you have to be retrained. Oh, yeah, but but we don't know this, and this is her point that we don't know the history of of communism, and we don't understand that it's evil. Now, this next clip, she's going to really parallel to where we are in education in America. Let's take a listen. I think in China, there's a little bit uh, difference because Mao had power. CCP had power. They totally control the uh, educational system. They absolutely, um, they d decide what to teach. And of course, it's all Marxist and uh, Maoist um, values. And, uh, but here, and uh, a lot of people just don't understand because they were never taught the history of communism. And a lot of the things that um, um, they heard sounds kind of good. Sounds kind of like, a, yeah, you want to be uh, inclusive and you want to be empathetic. You want to love, you want to accept. And uh, so this is something that uh, people like me who've been through um, the Cultural Revolution, who've been through or lived under communism, we see through right away because the same thing was taught to us. But people here, they don't understand it. But because it's deceptive, a lot of people just accept it without understanding that it is what they're supporting actually is evil. So, you know, she says it was Mao's desire to control education. That right from the get-go, that's what he wanted to do. We and and he did. He had complete control over education. Uh, he and the party, the CCP, decided what to teach. They decided what they were going to teach the kids. And we know this is one of the um, 
one of the goals of of communism in taking over America, one of their goals was to get control of the education system. We've talked about this. We've we've cataloged it. We know that it's it's one of the forty five stated goals. It might be. I think it's goal seventeen, if I remember correctly. Maybe it's fifteen. I mean, it's early on. Let's get a hold of the education system. Let's get a hold of the textbooks. Let's start. Uh, making sure we have our propaganda, the communists have their propaganda in these textbooks. Let's get a hold of the teachers' unions. Let's control education. That's what Mao did in China. Completely controlled education. She is saying that here in America, we don't know the history of communism. We, We don't know the history of what happened when Mao took over China. I mean, she was there. She watched it unfold. She is a firsthand eyewitness. We don't know that. It's not taught to our kids. Our kids know nothing about the Cultural Revolution in China. If they hear the phrase Cultural Revolution, they just think, oh, man, that was probably a good thing. You know, they probably you know, finally got out of the Stone Ages in, in China. You know, they probably left the rice paddies and, and started, you know, started using technology. And then that's not the case. Millions of people died. Under, under Mao, millions. But we don't know that history. She, she says, you know, things like inclusive. You know, we want to be inclusive. All these words sound good. You want to be empathetic. You want to love. You, you want to be accepting. These were all the words that Mao used. And these are the words that, that we're hearing now. You have to be inclusive and tolerant of everybody. Now, unless they're Christian. Now, you don't include them, and you don't be tolerant of them. You don't be empathetic. And you don't accept them. You certainly don't love them. No. But everybody else, you just you have to be inclusive. You, you, you have to care. You have to just wrap your arms around them. And, and then she says, you know, she ends up by saying, we don't understand that it's evil. Dean, are you saying that love is evil and acceptance is evil? And Well, no. Those words in and of themselves are absolutely not evil. But the the end result that the communists are going for is evil. It's absolutely evil. They don't want to include everybody. You know, their inclusivity is only if you're doing what they tell you to do. It's only if you're doing what they want you to do. I mean, then, then it's great. But if you're not being inclusive to things that they want you to be, if you're not accepting things they want you to accept, if you're not loving or being empathetic towards the things they want you to love and be empathetic towards, then forget it. Uh, you, you, you're going to be swinging from a noose or you're going to go to a, a re, re-indoctrination camp because you have to be retrained. Oh, yeah, but but we don't know this. And this is her point, that we don't know the history of, of communism and we don't understand that it's evil. Now, this next clip, she's going to really parallel to where we are in education in America. Let's take a listen. Yeah, in most China, it's very simple. From a very early age, kindergarten, we were taught that uh, our parents um, are just biological parents. The real parents is the party. And, uh, and, and Chairman Mao. And so if there's a conflict between choosing your own parents 
or the party, you should always, always choose the party. And that's basically uh, what the, the, uh, the Red Guards did. Yeah, and many of them denounced their parents. Many of them um, reported their parents and ended that up with their parents being executed. And here, especially today in, uh, um, in school, and you are supposed to go to trusted adults, not your parents. And uh, so they did not say party, but it is very similar. They want to cut um, the ties between parents and the children. Why? That's the, how you control the children. They made it sound like uh, it's the government that is the real protector of those children. And that's exactly what happened in China. And I'm sure in all our communist countries. So a page from the Mao playbook was your biological parents, yeah, they just gave birth to you. That's all. Your real parents are the party. Your true parents are the CCP and, and Chairman Mao. He's the leader. The CCP and the leader of the country, Chairman Mao, that, yes, that's who you should choose. So if if it's a choice between your parents and the party, you must choose the party. If it's a choice between your biological parents and your real parents, you have to choose your real parents, which is the party and Chairman Mao. And she says this is what the, the Red Guard did. These kids that wanted to be a part of Chairman Mao's Red Guard, they denounced their parents and they called out their parents and their parents were executed. But it didn't matter because they were just their biological parents. I mean, that's all. Um, you know, that's all. These people just gave birth to them. But the party now, that's the real deal. That's who you truly support. You, you, have, to, uh, you have to support Chairman Mao. And, and she's drawing that, that correlation to the here and now. In our, in our current public schools, many of them, where they, they will tell the kids, you, you need to speak to a quote-unquote trusted adult. Okay, but we're going to hide this from your parents. Your parents don't need to know about this. You know, we, we've, doc, we, we've documented this. There are over a thousand school districts in America that have it part of their policy where they, um, it's either suggested that they hide transgender information from parents or they are not required to inform the parents. Which, you know, if they're not required to inform the parents, that's code for don't tell the parents. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body, and now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. 
Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. This time, Dean Bowen. We're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio, a rising voice in the new media. It's where smart people go to get their news and information. So, congratulations on being one of the smart ones, making it to the Dean's List. I did not make it to the Dean's List as a lad. I don't think I was ever on the Dean's List, but you know, I'm here now, so it all works out. We are talking about the parallels the comparisons between communist China or or what happened during the Cultural Revolution when Mao came into China and and just, you know, rammed communism down the throats of the masses. And, And we're seeing parallels between that. What's happening in America now? It's not the same, but it is the same. It's, it's, it's not the same method, but they're shooting for the same outcome. It's not all out chaos in the streets. Well, I guess in the, the summer of love in 2020 it was. I mean that, that was that was perhaps a test run. It's not happening like that consistently, but there are other things that they're doing. And uh, we're, we're listening to this to interview clips. From Chi Van Fleet. This is an, an interview that Epic Times uh, had with her. They have an excellent program called American Thought Leaders. So they're interviewing her on this program. And, uh, you know, she's just talking about what it was like growing up during the Cultural Revolution. She was a little girl and she watched all of this unfold. She, she says that. Um, one point during the interview, if if you subscribe to Epic Times and you have access to this interview, I encourage you to watch it. It's about 45 minutes, you know, 40 minutes, and it is so thought-provoking. She describes growing up and watching this, you know, all of this unfold. At one point during the interview, you know, she says that um, she literally had to be deprogrammed. As a child taking in this, you know, what she called brainwashing, essentially. Because Chairman Mao, um, you know, he said, look, I'm, I'm your real parent. The party is your, your real parent. Your biological parents have, you know, they just gave birth to you. But it's really the government who is in, in control of your life. You have to do what the government tells you what to do. 
She describes it as um, complete control over the education system. CCP decided what was to be taught. Um, and, it, 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 you know, they, they made everything inclusive, um, uh, loving. You, you had to uh, accept it. But, but your acceptance could only be what the CCP wanted you to accept. You know, the, the inclusivity could only, you could only, you know, include what CCP wanted, wanted to be inclusive. Otherwise, you were an outcast. Otherwise, you were marked and executed. And, it, you know, she says that uh, members of the Red Guard uh, denounced their parents, turned their parents over to the CCP. And said, "Hey, my my biological parents aren't aren't cooperating. They're not they're not in lockstep, and many of those biological parents were executed. Uh, and, and so she's drawing this parallel here, where well, parents aren't being executed; they're being ostracized. Their rights are being removed. We're watching this unfold at the legislative level in California." We're watching it unfold at the legislative at the legislative level in Colorado, where you know they they they've enacted this law that if you're 12, then you're in charge of your own mental health, and you get to make those mental health decisions. And uh, if you know the the school children need to take a mental health screening, and the, the, the screening results then get sent to a mental health counselor. It doesn't go to the parents. The results go to the school. The school then sends those results to a counselor. And then those kids, 12 and up, you know, they're in charge of their own mental health. So they're deciding, hey, I want to see this counselor. And these counselors are LGBTQ activists, essentially. Um, and and this is, you know, parents, you know, don't have the the ability to intervene. You know, so so we're we're watching this unfold before our very eyes, where the the authority of the parent is being removed. Do you recall this past summer? It might have been last summer. Let me find this clip. We're going to listen to a clip of Joe Biden. It's I don't know. It's maybe five six seconds. Listen to what he has to say about this very topic. There's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. There's no such thing as someone else's child. And then he repeats it. The, the uh, you know, all of our children are the nation's children. The nation's children are all of our children. You know, however he said it. There's no such thing as someone else's child. They're all of our children. That child doesn't belong to you. That child belongs to the collective. Yeah, you're not, you're not responsible for that child. We are all responsible for that child. The collective is responsible for that child. You know, remember Hillary started this years ago? It takes a village. It takes a village to, to, to raise a child. 
you know, parents, they're not responsible for their own kids. It's it's the collective. It's the village. And, and, and here we have Biden saying it. It's not someone else's child. It's all of ours. And it sounds so responsible. It sounds so community. It sounds so loving that we're a community and we're going to we're going to link arms and, and we're going to support each other. And we're going to, you know, we're going to, I'm going to support you while you raise your kids and you're going to support me while, while I raise mine. That's, that's what it sounds like on the surface, but that's not the intent. The intent is to remove parental rights. The intent is, yeah, you know, these kids aren't yours actually. And we're going to show you that they're not yours because while they're in school, we're going to convince them that they are the opposite gender. And we're going to keep that from you. We're not going to tell you anything about it. We're going to, we're going to call them by a different name. We are going <laughs> to grammatically incorrectly refer to them as a different pronoun. And, you know, then we, we might even uh, convince them to start transitioning in other ways, in other ways socially that, you know, maybe they wear different clothes. And, it, it, you know, maybe we look at some puberty blockers. Maybe we look at some testosterone. And if, if you live in Colorado, then this can happen, parents, without your consent. This can happen without your knowledge. This can happen right under your very nose, and you're not even aware of it. Because you're, if your child's 12 or older, then your child, of course, has the mental capacity to make these decisions on his own or on her own. Certainly, she's smart enough. I mean, she's 12 for crying out loud. Of course, she can make these decisions. Of course, he or she can decide which gender they actually want to be without parental consent, without parental awareness, without parental anything. This is, this is taken right from the playbook. I mean, this might even be page one. Well, I don't know if it's page one. Yep, it's probably in the first chapter. Let's let's separate the kids from their parents. Let's divide it up. And then, you know, let's kind of sweep in. Let's kind of sweep in and just, you know, take the whole thing over. There is um, there's so much we can do here. There's just so much, you know, there's just if if we just if we just take control of the minds of the kids, just think of where we can go with this thing. Think of where we can take it. Think of what Mao actually achieved during his cultural revolution. He grabbed the hearts and minds, maybe not the hearts, grabbed the minds of the young people. Then you can begin to indoctrinate them in, in whatever you want. I mean, take a look at critical race theory. Let's start telling them that, you know, everything is racist. Let's, um, you know, if if we can't here in America, if if, if we're not successful in dividing the classes, you know, by rich and poor, we can't get the working class to rise up against the wealthy rich, then let's take another approach. Let's see if we can pit black against white, black against brown, brown against white. Let's and then all of them against the Asians. Let's just let's just do that. That you know, there is 
you recall last last winter there was a college professor from one of the schools in Colorado, uh, Colorado College, I think. She was, um, she was, you know, saying that um, astro astrophysics was essentially racist. It was, um, it was her point of view. Where is that? Here it is. Okay, here we go. Gosnell is her name. And she, okay, she's a professor at Colorado College. This is this has been a few months ago. She said, as an astrophysicist, I'm a product of institutions that are steeped in systemic racism and white supremacy. Did you know that astrophysics was steeped in systemic racism and white supremacy? Did Were you aware of that? And is it possible for, for astrophysics to, to, to be, uh, to be r- racist? It is very much akin to proficiency standards in Oregon being racist. I mean, that, that's what this boils down to. Everything has to be racism. It's got to be white supremacy. She, she continues here. She says, the tenets of white supremacy that show up in physics of individualism and exceptionalism and perfectionism. It's either or thinking. Did you know that individualism was a tenet of white supremacy. So this whole idea of rugged individualism that that really came out of the founding, it's rooted in white supremacy. It's rooted in racism. Did you know that to be exceptional is to be a white supremacist? And that's what she's saying here. She says the tenets of white supremacy that show up in physics of individualism and exceptionalism and perfectionism. Those three things are all signs of white supremacy. Because is it that only the white people want to be exceptional? What are you saying here? You're saying that people of color cannot be individuals or or cannot pursue a a rugged individualistic way of living or, or an attitude or, or cannot be exceptional. Uh, it's, it's either or thinking, she says, either you're exceptional or you're not. And that's white supremacy. She says, there's no subtlety. There's no gray area. All of this manifests in the way that we think about our research and what counts as good research what counts as important research? Wait, wait. Did she also go to the Kamala Harris School of Public Speaking? Because it sounds to me like she's not actually saying anything. Except that, uh, that you know, she believes her field and her occupation is is uh, racist. And everybody in it is a white supremacist. This would absolutely make Mao proud, wouldn't it? Wouldn't this just make 
uh, Lennon Proud. I mean, these guys right now, uh, Karl Marx is just smiling right now. I mean, these guys are so happy. They are so proud of their work and they're and they're proud of what's happening here in America. They're 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 proud to to be watching all this unfold. I don't I doubt that they're actually watching it. But if they were here, they would be happy about it. Because they have minions doing their bidding. And and those those minions happen to be in in the public education system throughout the country, especially in Oregon. I mean, that, <laughs> that is uh and we're almost seeing a daily testament of, of what's happening out there. All right. Um, I wish we had more time to dive into the rest of these interviews by uh, Chi Van Fleet. It, maybe we will get to um, to a couple couple more of these tomorrow. In the meantime, we have uh, we have some objectives. Uh, and the first of those being we have to take the country back. And in order to do that, ultimately we have to we have to look at school boards. We have to to look and see uh, what seats need to be taken. We we uh, we have to. Uh, you, you you're going to have to to contact your. Uh, you know, I guess it, you have to decide. I mean, I, I can't tell you to, you know, I can't sit up here and say you have to contact your your school district and you have to find out which and you 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 have to do and you have to do. No. No, you're gonna have to decide uh what role you can actually play because you know, not everyone's gonna be able to run for a school board. Okay, not not everybody has has the wherewithal to endure a campaign. I, I get that. Um but we have to decide what role we can play. Uh, you know, if if we're not going to run, we have to support somebody who's going to run. Uh, we have to find these teachers that share our values and are like-minded, and we have to get out there and support them. We have to rally around them and encourage them and find school board members that are already there that are uh, that share our values, and we just have to get out and support them find principals and superintendents that share your values and get out there and support them. All right. We've got a lot of work to do, but you know what? We can get it done. We're Americans. We can go after it. We can turn this thing around. All right. We can do it together. That's all the time we have for today. America, thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. 